Hey, welcome back to the Common Ground North Dakota podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Jen. I've been a chef for 10 years. And I'm a registered dietitian. We've all heard the saying, farm to table. But what if the conversation was table to farm? Join Jen and I as we sit down with ag experts to dig in and find out more about North Dakota agriculture. Welcome back to Common Ground North Dakota podcast. I'm Heather. I'm Jen. And thanks for coming in for another episode. Yeah. yeah, today, what are we what are we talking about today, Heather? We're learning about ethanol. Oh my gosh. Which, I feel like we have lots of questions. Like we talked about it at the just briefly at the right. beginning when we first started our podcast, but it, now it's time to dig a little deeper. Dig deeper. Cuz ethanol is one of those things where I pretend I know. I yeah. don't know. No. I don't know. No. And so, you see it like listed yes. places. So we'll get into that. Like, where are you seeing mm-hmm. it? How is it used? And we have an expert. Thank goodness. On to, yeah. We need those. We right? need an expert. <laughs> to answer all our questions yes. and to help consumers understand. Mm-hmm. Right? So should we welcome our yes. guest? Well, welcome, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Good morning. How are you two? Good. Good. Will, you, will you tell us your title? You have a very official title. You do. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm Chief Operations Officer for Guardian Energy. Guardian Energy. That's okay. such a cool name. I like it. Yes. And you what, guys do you, are... what do you do in yeah. your role? <laughs> sure. So um, as a Chief Operations Officer, I'm responsible for the the operations of the ethanol plants we, we, we run and that produce ethanol. Um, we have three plants that I'm responsible for, one in Lima, Ohio, Hmm. one in Janesville, Minnesota, and one here in Hankinson, North Dakota. Okay. Is Guardian Energy only ethanol? Yes. Yeah, we are ethanol producers. And and I don't want to get into too many details right now, and we can get into Mm -hmm. that, but I, I think there may be a perception that, you know, all we produce is ethanol. Well, we actually produce three products at oh. our facilities. We provide, we produce ethanol. Okay. okay. We produce uh, a distiller's grains, and then we also produce uh, a crude corn oil. Oh. So those are our three main products oh, that okay. we produce. Cool. And that's all coming from the corn. That's all coming from a kernel of corn. Okay. Wow, and cool. Tracy, let's just break down ethanol. Will yep. you just like simplify it mm-hmm. for us? We're basically a modern-day moonshiners. Oh, okay. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that should be your new uh, title. Cor- yeah, of course we do it legally. So we can't, you know. Um, <laughs> which takes a little of the fun in the property. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really a, you know, an old process. What we're doing is we are taking the starch okay. uh, that's in the corn and we use enzymes to convert that into simple sugars. Mm-hmm. And then we use yeast, which consumes those sugars, mm-hmm. and it produces ethanol okay. or alcohol, you know, grain alcohol. And um, it produces CO2 is what the yeast produce. Mm-hmm. Now, what's left, again, we're only converting the starch Okay. From corn into ethanol. What's left is you have corn oil, uh-huh. you have fiber, and you have protein. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
I guess just try to be very simplistic. Mm-hmm. You know, we after the fermentation process, you know, we have a, a big tank that's full of alcohol, a, a mixture of alcohol, water, fiber, protein, and corn oil. Okay. And so then it has to go through a separation process, which is called distillation. Okay. So in the distillation, we heat up that mixture. And because ethanol has a lower boiling point than water, it we take that off as a vapor. And that's essentially how we separate wow. the alcohol from the water and the other solids. Okay. That's cool. Really cool. It, it, yeah. Yeah. So it, it you know, and as far as the separation, it, it becomes a vapor. And then, and then of course, we cool it or condense mm-hmm. it uh-huh. uh, to become a liquid. Okay. Oh. Um, so that's kind of the basic process. Okay. The solids in the water that is left, we take that through what we call uh, a centrifuge process. And if you think about a centrifuge, it's basically like a clothes dryer on spin site. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it pushes everything to the outside, and there's a screen on it that kind of separates your solids from your liquids. So your liquids mm-hmm. kind of drop out, mm-hmm. and you still have these solids remaining. And those solids, um, you know, then we take those solids through a dryer. Mm-hmm. And we uh, make uh, dry distiller springs. Okay. Um, so that's the feed product that we produce. Okay. The liquids, the water and the and the oil, mm-hmm. are in kind of the liquids. We take them and we end up, you know, running them through another uh, separation process to extract uh, our crude corn oil. Okay. And and then all the water is recycled so we recycle most of our water oh and to reuse it again wow Uh, so it's a very um it's a very efficient and very integrated operation Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like that and and so one little change in one area will create a a cause and effect type situation in a in another plant so it's uh yeah it's it's fun it's yeah. fun. So who started this process? And yeah, where was it discovered? Right. Like when um, did ethanol start? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, again, it's basically moonshining. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it was started thousands of years ago, sure. really. Okay. And in, in essence, over the years, um, you know, that process has just been refined. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Um, you know, we talk about yeast and enzymes, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, this is a fermentation is fermentation process is a living process. Mm-hmm. It's a biological process. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's there's been a lot of work and research and development on new strains of enzymes mm-hmm. um, that can withstand different stresses, whether that be heat, whether that be um, infections. Um, and and so, you know, these enzyme manufacturers literally, you know, can extract enzymes from like the bottom of the ocean and from, 
um, volcanoes and mm. all these different locations to create, um, you know, different um, properties okay. to help to help them survive through different conditions. So it's it's like I say, it's a very I mean, it's a biological process. Yeah. I don't want to say it's complex, but it's. It, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a lot of. <laughs> Reminds me of chemistry class or like, well, but like science. I mean, it's all yes. about science and refining it, like you said. So Correct. Correct. ethanol, like when I think of ethanol, I see the 10% ethanol when I'm fueling up my car. Yep. Right. Correct. Why 10%? Yep. Like, is there something special about the mix? Is it like that's the so, right combination? And like, how, d how does describe that? Like why 10%? Certainly, certainly. So the 10% um, really kind of comes from uh, the renewable fuel standard, okay. which was enacted by Congress initially in 2005. And then in 2007, it was um, improved upon. Okay. And what that called for is uh, what they call obligated parties to use 10% of all fuels produced need to contain renewable fuels okay. within them. Okay. So that's probably, you know, kind of the, you know, where the 10% yeah, comes yeah. from. Okay. Sure. So, and we use that gas to fill our cars. Can, mm -hmm. can I use that when I go to the lake and I'm filling up the jet ski and the boat? Actually, I'm not filling up that. Right. But when, when our families when, are yeah, filling when they're it up doing that. <laughs> Can I use it for the lawnmower? What is, is that? Yeah, you can. Uh, you can use it. And I know that's a common perception that it um, is not good for small engines. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've used it in, in my small engines. It's it's kind of like any gasoline. And, you know, you talk about small engines and jet skis and mm -hmm. boats. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't just leave the gas in there. Sure. You know, you got to take care of them like you do with regular gas. Yeah. Um, because alcohol is a is, is a solvent. So, you know, if there is, I, I think a lot of the common problems that have occurred is, mm -hmm. you know, regular gasoline, you know, if you let it sit for a long time, mm -hmm. I mean, it separates out and it gets, you know, it deposits some kind of gummy stuff. Mm -hmm. And... You know, what ethanol does is actually cleans that. Oh. It dissolves those solids. Well, then as those solids go through your engine, that's what causes the, a lot of the issues. Oh. And so... Um, and that's just if it's sitting for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I hope that uh, yeah. kind of yeah. addresses your question. Mm -hmm. But it's... Yes, it's safe to use. Um, you know, you need to take practices like, you know, standard practices of of care, so to speak, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when using it, but yeah. uh, but no, it's fine. Okay. That's good to know. Good to know, because you can save money. Yeah. And you described, like, ethanol being a renewable fuel source. Right. Um, and so if our consumers are wondering, uh, how is that, I guess, better for the environment to use a renewable fuel source versus just the standard old gasoline? Certainly. So the biggest um, importance to that mm -hmm. is the greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. So what is being emitted 
through the production and use mm-hmm. of of ethanol versus conventional gasoline. Yeah. And ethanol has somewhere between you know 44 to 50% less emissions than conventional gasoline. Wow, that's significant. That is significant. It, it, it is significant and you know one of the um you know, as we talk about that and break that down uh, a little more, mm-hmm. um, you know, the direct emissions out of your tailpipe, you know, you have, um, you know, the greenhouse gases, which includes CO2, it includes um, nitrous oxide, you know, all these mm-hmm. um, chemicals that traps the heat within uh you know, are within the ozone and, and it, and it, and it leads to, you know, climate change and, you know, the, the heating of the environment. Um, but there are other, um, substances like carbon monoxide and hydrocarbons and air toxics like benzene, Mm -hmm. benzene, Mm -hmm. uh, associated with conventional gasoline that, you know, ethanol doesn't have Okay. You know, fine particulate matter is another component that uh, conventional gasoline has a lot of fine particulate matter, which, you know, can pass through your throat and nose and, mm-hmm. and enter your lungs, you know, causing, you know, serious health effects. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, again, ethanol is, is definitely a, a cleaner burning fuel. Right. That uh, reduces those. So speaking of that, I mean, it seems like there's many benefits of it. Do you see that growing any? Like, are we going to put more percent of Mm -hmm. ethanol into fuel sources? Do you see and how have you seen that grow over like your history with with the company and with ethanol production? There's a lot of parts to that, yes. to the answer to that question. Okay. So renewable fuels required, you know, 10% uh, use of renewables. Okay. And so in the early years, um, you know, if we look at the whole use of ethanol as a percentage of alcohol, ethanol used in in all the fuel produced has grown over the years. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it started out as a minimal level of 10%. Mm-hmm. Um now, you know, uh, last year was the largest uh, usage, and that percentage is uh, like 10.8% or something like that of all fuel used in the United States is is, is ethanol. Okay. okay. And part of the growth in the ethanol is due to, and, uh, you know, the use of what we call E15 or unleaded 88. Okay. which is a fuel that contains 15% alcohol. Oh, okay. Yep. Other things that drive that is, um, you know, E85 yep. is another fuel uh, that is consists of 85% ethanol. Mm-hmm. 85% Where do I get that? Well, yeah, that, that's, uh, so that's part of our challenge. Okay. You know, the, the uh, petroleum companies had about 100 years advantage on us sure, as okay. far as building out infrastructure, yep. pipelines, et mm-hmm, cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think about it, you know, all the car engines were built around, you know, the use of gas. Right. So 
we sell most of our products to the petroleum industry. Okay. So our our customer is also kind of our competitor. Our, uh, competitor. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an interesting. So then they decide how much ethanol they're putting in. That's part of it. Okay. And then also there's some um, uh, some antiquated federal regulations regarding what they call uh, uh, read vapor pressure. Okay. And I'm not going to go into that. Yeah, you could but, have said uh, anything there, Tracy. Yeah, we would have been like, yep. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so the ethanol industry groups have been, you know, pushing the EPA um, to allow the use of E15 mm-hmm. year-round. Okay. Okay. Uh, the EPA has not acted upon that. Okay. However, the last two years, uh, we've received emergency waivers to allow the use of E15 year-round okay so that makes it available uh, again to consumers throughout the country year-round okay um prior it was limited to certain periods of the year due to you know temperature okay um and so you know that has helped to grow it Mm -hmm. you know again i think it's a lot of it has to do with again people not understanding you know the full benefits of ethanol right and you know, back to my opening statement mm-hmm. where our you know, our consumer is also kind of our competitor. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, certain requirements to gas stations that will only allow you to put maybe one pump in that has ethanol. Oh, you're right. And I so always the, have to check to see which mm-hmm. ones have the ethanol. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Again, it gets pretty complex, yeah. but uh, um, that's what makes it a little challenging at times. Yeah. Sure. Trying to think. What other parts of that question did I not answer? No, I think that answered it. And I actually have another one, like following up. So you talked about, you know, petroleum being a competitor, but a partner. What are your thoughts on like electric cars too? Yeah. So, you know, again, I guess I'm, I'm pro-choice. I mean, meaning, you know, people should have the opportunity to choose, Mm -hmm. you know, what fuel, what vehicle, whatever they want to produce. Um, and I and I'm also one that says that there's no silver bullet, right. yeah. meaning there's no not a perfect um, option um, for everyone. Yeah, that's true. So I think yes, I mean the, the challenges in rural areas, mm-hmm. you know, they call it range anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. Meaning, you know, how far can you go? Right. <laughs> right, and especially in the winter. Um, yes. you think about electric vehicles and mm-hmm. during the winter when it's, you know, when the wind chill is 40 below in North Dakota, right. yep. a lot of that energy is used to heat, you know, the cabin, mm-hmm. you know, to keep you warm. Mm-hmm. So that's why the mileage reduces because more energy is used to, you know, keep you sustained yeah. and alive while you're moving. Right. right. So that's why that's why the range on electric vehicles dropped dramatically during oh, the winter. I didn't even know that. You would have been yeah. in trouble. Good thing. I mean, I'd be like, yeah, I have like a full battery. Whoa! I guess I'm not going all the way here. Right, right. So, again, I think there's locations, you know, I think of like Hawaii, for example. I think yeah. that's probably the perfect place for electric vehicles. They, not going uh, very far. They use... Yeah, I mean, they produce a lot of renewable energy through mm-hmm. solar. Mm-hmm. They don't travel that far. Right. Um, 
you know, so like I say, I think there are locations okay. that are more fit for yeah. different types of fuels. That makes right. sense. That does make that sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. With our climate, it'd be hard. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. With the climate and the distances you'd mm-hmm. normally travel, it would right. be, I think it'd be challenging in North Dakota. Yeah. Well, and even just when I stop to get gas with my kids in the car and it takes five minutes, right? They're like, oh, we have to stop. Oh Can my you gosh, imagine you being at a charging station? No. It just wouldn't. TikTok. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. Those are the other considerations is and they don't yeah, have the charging and... time. Yeah. No or even the infrastructure in your house, if you want to try to oh. charge it at home. Right, didn't think you know, about you, that. You need to make an investment in mm-hmm. in that. And, and the other, to take that a little farther, is mm-hmm. not, you know, your electrical infrastructure, like serving your neighborhood, mm-hmm. doesn't have the capacity. If, if everybody right. decided to install charging units in their house... Mm-hmm. Uh, there'd be a problem because mm. your your electrical infrastructure would not be able to support that. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't even think about that. So how many electric cars are in my neighborhood right now? <laughs> yes. It's so interesting it to interesting. learn about all that goes into fuel production, what considerations you have. So you mentioned you have plants, you have one wh- in North Dakota. Is that the only ethanol plant in North Dakota or are there others? Yes, there are others. Okay. We are uh, one of five in North Dakota. Okay. Uh, I'll start from the west and go east. Okay. How about that as far as... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Red Trail Energy is located in Richardson, North Dakota. Okay. Uh, Blue Flint Ethanol is in Underwood. You've got uh, Spirit Wood mm-hmm. Ethanol is located in... Like by here. Jamestown? Yeah, well, it's located in Spiritwood, Spirit uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well named. Thurlton Ethanol located in Castleton. Okay. You know, which is just west of Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Hankinson Renewable mm-hmm. or Guardian Energy mm-hmm. Hankinson in, mm-hmm. in Hankinson down in the southeast corner. Okay. And then you have Red River Bio Refinery in Grand Forks. Okay. Hmm. Actually, six ethanol facilities in North Dakota. Okay. And are there more coming? Is this something you see growing in North Dakota? Um, you know, that's a, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I, I, there is potential for growth mm-hmm. uh, in North Dakota. Um, you know, the, the challenge is there's a lot of maybe uncertainty, Okay. you know, with ethanol due to the, the push for electric cars. And yeah. uh, like I say, Mm-hmm. considerations that are being made in Washington and okay. in other states that, um, you know, like I say, there's, there's just a, there's some uncertainty there. Sure. Mm-hmm. As a producer of ethanol, do you have strategies to, like you mentioned, you're, you're not sure, like some people don't understand ethanol. Do you have certain ways that you communicate that out or educate the public? Uh, a lot of it, um, we do rely on our, our uh, professional organizations. Okay. Um, nationwide, nationally, uh, we have the Renewable Fuels Association. Okay. And, and Growth Energy. Okay. They are strong advocates and also um, educators. Okay. You know, a lot of the states, and North Dakota being one of them, uh, has uh, you know state organizations. Uh, 
in North Dakota, we have the Ethanol Producers Association. Okay. And then we also have the North Dakota um, Ethanol Council. Oh. And so they okay. are our, uh, our advocates in the state. Okay. Great. And I happen to be the, the chairman of the North Dakota Ethanol Producers wow, Association. Okay. And uh, Jeff Suger is the chairman of the North Dakota Ethanol Commission. Okay. And and Jeff is the CEO of uh, the plants in uh, Underwood, Blue okay. Flint, and and Dakota Spirits in in Spiritwood. Okay. So that's good. I think nice to set. have those advocacy mm-hmm. groups just to educate the public on like what is ethanol? Why is it? beneficial for the environment or for consumers to use and just what is it because i feel like that's sometimes like the biggest barrier is that consumers just don't understand mm-hmm. right right and it is i mean if you you know pull up to a gas station mm-hmm. it is kind of confusing it is there's yeah. a lot of pumps there's a lot of labeling mm-hmm. you know and and it is it is hard to understand yep it's just like um, nutrition, Jeff. There's lots of labels. There's right. do- tons of diets like out there. The Nobody knows. And like, you know, one day it's good and one day it's bad. I would guess that it's the same for fuel. Well, and that's why right. it's nice to have those resources that you can mm-hmm. go read the information and yep. become right. a more knowledgeable consumer. Absolutely. But honestly, for me, I look at the price. I just, it's like that thing. Right. It's yeah. Cheaper. It's yep. It works just like other gas. Yeah. I don't even think twice. I always get ethanol. Yeah, same. Great. I'm. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> of welcome. course. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, ethanol is the only cost-effective liquid fuel alter- alternative. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other fuels, but they're not cost-competitive. Okay. Well, it sounds and, like and and your engines aren't necessarily. Uh, designed to run on right okay well and it sounds like you use the whole product of corn like you're you're really being efficient in your processes like you're using everything and then you're you're reusing the water which is right you know something that's important water is like an important thing i so you explained what the ethanol is for we know that the um there's feed Mm -hmm. that's used what about the oil what do you use the oil extracted for well that's a great that's a great question um, there's two sources or two users of the oil. Mm-hmm. Um, most recently, the largest consumer is for the production of renewable diesel fuel. Oh. So that is kind of the largest consumer. Okay. The other consumer is animal nutrition. Okay. Because ah. it's an energy uh-huh. component. Yep. My example is. I don't know if you see these huge turkeys, you know, 30, 40 pound turkeys. Mm-hmm. In order to raise them that large, they have to have kind of a high, a high fat content diet, high energy content diet. And mm-hmm. that is how they they get that energy content is through the use of. That's yeah. how they bulk up. It, it, how they like bulk up. Energy, right? Mm-hmm. Fat is nine calories per gram. <laughs> Carbs and protein are four. It's so nice. Alcohol is actually yes. seven. Like really? Wow. Going back to my roots. <laughs> yeah. If you have any questions for Jen Tracy, go ahead. She'll she'll break it down. I mean, I don't know. Like, 
we've talked about math not being my strong suit, but there are certain things that I do remember. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's where that oil goes. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think... I think now is a great time to for you to ask us some trivia questions yes. if you're ready. So let me get our whiteboards. Basically, we'll have you ask us a question and we'll write down the answer, but then we'll tell you. And whoever is closest or gets it right on gets the point. And we, we have three. Yeah. Heather, Heather won last time, so she has the... It's a lot golden of, corn trophy with her name on it. It so. was a lot of cooking questions, so I feel like I yeah. cheated, but no, still taking okay. it. I'm still taking it. I one. mean, we dabble in the culinary arts as dietitians. <laughs> <laughs> We're never experts. <laughs> you know, the golden corn, I mean, that is a perfect. I think Isn't it gorgeous? For ethanol. Yes. I know. It's beautiful. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? We're All ready. ready. <laughs> Yeah, what percentage do you think of North Dakota, of the corn produced in North Dakota, goes to the production of ethanol? Oh, okay. Mm. I don't know either. I said 75%. I said 65%. The number is somewhere between 40 and 60%. You got it, Jen. That's pretty high. That is. So, I mean, that is why it's really important to the um, agricultural community mm-hmm. and the ag economy in a whole is that's a, it's a large consumer right. of, of their product. Absolutely. This one's probably harder yet. Okay. But what models of cars can use E15 or unleaded 88? What models? Yeah. All right. And think in general terms. Oh, okay. Like brands maybe, of cars. Maybe, maybe think about just, um, yeah, just think in general terms, okay. I okay. guess. And we'll, okay. We'll, this is a tough one. Well, know. you know, I don't know. Like, are I'm we going saying real like general. Four cylinder engines? What are we saying, Tracy? I'm just going to. So, again, this is a tough one, but yet it's, it's a good one in that. <laughs> so, all. All of us? All of us. 2001 model years and newer can use E15. Oh, shoot. Well, that's I put GM. So that was a little bit of a trick question you gave us. Uh, I like I it. No, I that's like great. It. And that's good to know. So if 2021. Any, any 2001. model. 2001. Right. Wow. So like 96% of all the cars that are being used can use E15. Sure. Okay. So if there's ever a concern about mm-hmm. using E15, well, now you know. Anything yeah. newer than 2001. Okay. You can know. use it. E15. Okay. You heard it here first. And it's cheaper. It's cheaper. <laughs> yes. We're saving you money here on our yes. podcast. There you go. <laughs> All right. What's your final question, Tracy? So my final question, I think, is kind of the, the most uh, interesting one. So when Henry Ford designed the Model T, uh-huh. what did he believe the fuel of choice would be? Hmm. Henry Ford. What's going on back then, Jen? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to guess. <laughs> this is probably going to be a I don't even know. I'm just going to say uh, corn. <laughs> did he know? I put alcohol <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. That's correct. Alcohol. You're kidding. Ethanol. 
Yep. He felt that ethanol would oh. be the fuel to power. He did. So he was vehicles. ahead of his time. Oh he was ahead goodness. of his time. Well, we should believe him, right? Yeah, I mean, I right. Feel like he's the guy. Right. He's like the yeah. father of cars. Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Well, yeah. thanks for shedding a light on ethanol. We needed that. We did, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing some of that knowledge with us. Yeah, we, we have, appreciate it. We do have one last question for you, Tracy. Um, what's your okay. favorite part of being involved with North Dakota agriculture? You know, that's a that's a great question, and it's an easy answer. Okay. And it's the people. Yep. I mean, the people are hardworking. You know, they understand that we need to continually improve. Then they are, you know, honest. You know, yep. they're just wholesome people. Yep. That's been the key to maybe my longevity in in, in the industry too is is working with with the people and the and the diverse backgrounds they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's sure. so true. It's good people. It is. Yes. yes. Well we've enjoyed our conversation with Thank you today. Thank you so much. We so appreciate you taking the time to educate us and our consumers and mm-hmm. our listeners about ethanol. Yes. Great. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye now. I think we tied. We tied. So well, that's okay. Yeah, you know, it's good. We'll put J H. <laughs> I mean, that's my initials too. But we know, know what it means. Okay. We know what it means. J slash slash H. Excellent. Well, that was fun. I didn't know like E fifteen. E fifteen. Like you can use it if you have a. Right. I'm gonna keep my eye out for that. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look for it. I'm gonna drive around. You know how you like have to get the best spot. Yes. Like at the. It's like a parking spot, except you're driving around the gas station. Uh-huh. For sure. We'll look for, for it. For sure. We will. Yeah, that was very, like, wow. There's a lot to know about, like, the process, but yes. it's good to know like, that they're using all that stuff. It's a sustainable source mm-hmm. of energy. And I think, like Tracy said, it's not a lot of people know about it or, like, understand it right. to the level that he explained today, which right. I think is important. And that we can use it for everything. Yeah. Okay. It's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, You can listen to North Dakota Common Ground Podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep. Or find us on YouTube. Thanks for joining us today and tune in for another episode soon. Yes. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Common Ground North Dakota Podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Most importantly, send us your questions about North Dakota agriculture by visiting our website. You might win a prize. We'll see you in the next episode of the Common Ground North Dakota podcast.